Hi guys, welcome back to For the Love of Beauty. My name is Jessica. Hi, I'm Michael. And uh, today we're really gonna talk about uh, California shut salons down again for the second time uh, since March, April. I don't even know anymore, I can't keep up. Yeah, so. It's getting crazy. Yeah, it, it is getting a little crazy. Um, not long after uh, they announced the shutdown, they did announce that hairstylists uh, are allowed to work outside, uh, which is a, a pretty mixed bag uh, and has gotten not great reaction from a lot of the people that I've talked to. I don't know what you think on that. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Uh, people are saying that you know, the governor is now just like, all right, everybody just take your clients outside. And that's just not how we do things. That's not how we've done things. And it kind of puts down our industry a little bit, I guess, in my opinion, I think it's like, what makes you think that we can just all of a sudden take our clients outside and start doing hair out there? It's not practical. Um, and it's cool because we have a really great conversation with um, Claudio who owns a salon in LA and he gives his insight and he's extremely successful, been in the industry for over 30 years. Um, and his opinion on it is actually quite interesting and not as positive as I think the governor and, and LA government actually thought it would be. Yeah. I think that the thing of what I'm seeing is it, it's short sighted because there are actually a lot of people in our industry that don't necessarily do what we would refer to as a full service. So they might not be able to do haircuts because that's not maybe something they've offered in the last 10, 15 years of their career. And they've actually specified that there can be no shampooing, no color, um, nothing that actually brings uh, the client into the salon. Um, but there are services like, uh, I haven't verified this, but I did see someone say manicures and pedicures were approved outside service, which is also, I can't imagine, I mean, I haven't done nails in a very long time, but I can't imagine uh, doing a service like that outside. And I can't imagine, you know, the big topic seems to be sanitation. And I think that that's where a couple of different times now, um, it's sort of been maybe hinted at that maybe we need better sanitation or whatever, that we're almost like a hot spot for spreading the virus when we actually see uh, it kind of in the other way where there was that salon somewhere in the Midwest, I think it was Wisconsin, that uh, two positive, uh, two stylists that tested positive for the coronavirus worked with over a hundred clients, not a single positive test was attributed back to that one. There you go, exactly. So we know the sanitation, if the sanitation and masks and all of that are, are being used correctly, then we know that we're not necessarily, you know, a, a hot spot or, or spreading the virus. Just Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it really comes down to sanitation. And it's kind of interesting because now that salons are closed again and it's not the most practical for all of the hairdressers to be working outside you know it's just not um so it's kind of like well how do you stay relevant you know a friend of mine um is he owns a restaurant out in venice and they're doing a lot of to-go orders and these big kind of um 
it's like a fish market, right? So they sell like fish and like all the things that go with it. So the, the, per, the customer can actually like make a meal at their house. Mm. And he's like, right now, his main goal is because although they do outdoor seating, it's 25% capacity. They're not really making any real money yet. And so he's like, I just, it's important for me to stay relevant. And so I do that through social media, interacting with the community, interacting and making sure that we have supplies to, you know, sell and stuff like that. That way, when things do open to full capacity, you're top of mind of these customers. And it's the same way in this hairdresser industry where it's like staying relevant online, making sure that you're on social, that you're constantly engaging with your um, clients. Um, you know, a lot of people are doing house calls and they're even doing Zoom calls. Like we said in a previous episode, they're doing Zoom calls that go through you know, how to do an at-home haircut or how to do a, a dye job and things like that. And it's really making sure that you're staying relevant as a hairdresser right now, since we're not able to open and work in salons. And how do we do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, obviously this is really isolated to California, but I think something to think about is, you know, are other areas or states maybe going to follow to some point because while cases are on the rise in California, um, and, and especially in LA, I get an alert every day with, with how much more, how many more cases are being reported. Um, we're not the only area. You know, there are other areas and other states that are also not really containing the virus as well as maybe they would like to. Um, and so I, I do wonder, like, is this going to be something that we see more of? Are we going to see more states shut back down? Um, it's yeah, go ahead. No, the scariest thing is like, you know, our our conversation with Claudio is like, you can only prepare for this so much. Like, and no one has been through some anything like this, you know, like there was the recession that hit and, and I remember being behind the chair that, when that hit and it was it was really scary. And you don't know, you don't have an end in sight, and you have to make do and try to figure out how to prepare in the future if anything like this happens again, or how to work around what's happening in this current time and just like figuring out a different way of doing things. And that's kind of what we explore with Claudio coming up a little bit later is what can we do right now and in the future to be successful as an industry? Cause it's really kind of testing our industry and, and where we are and how we're doing things. Things have got to change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely agree. So we'll, we'll go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back with our guest Claudio Lott. Michael, listen up. What? I have got, okay, I don't know if you heard about this, but I have the coolest hack, right? So have you heard of mywellastore.com? Because I know this sounds crazy, but it's free shipping. I just got an order. It's free shipping over $50 and it's open 24 hours a day. You can order whatever you want. Did you, like yeah, all the- I've already been doing this for years, Jessica. What do you mean? That's where I get my Dynamax, my Night Density Rescue. Like when my hair is yellow, that's where I get uh, my Carfresh Create. So you've already known about this? Yeah, yeah. I've been like for at least the last two or three years, I've been, that's where I get everything. All right. Well, that's annoying because I just discovered it and I'm kind of obsessed and I think that people need to know about it. Yeah. My, MyWellestore.com is, is really the go-to place for anything that you'll need anything. It's pretty cool. 
All right, so our guest today is Claudia Lazo, owner of Sea Salon in Los Angeles, California. He is a world-renowned colorist and stylist. He's featured in publications such as Allure, Bazaar, and Modern Salon. His work has also been seen on E, excuse me, The Ellen Show, and Oprah. Uh, that's really impressive, honestly. Um, welcome, Claudio. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Michael and Jessica. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. We are so happy to be talking to you today. I know. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun so to be. It, it's fun to be chatting about a topic that I love. Good. Good. So we are on the heels of California announcing a, a, a second shutdown now for salons, uh, which we know is uh, definitely not what anyone wanted um, as far as for their livelihood. Um, so what does this shutdown mean for you personally? I mean, listen, uh, this shutdown is, is, is a little embarrassing because when, you know, all my peers, coworkers, uh, fellow hairdressers all over, not just in California, but let's talk about California, is when we're seeing uh, that you can go to a home center and see thousands of people a day, and you can go to restaurants and sit outside and, uh, you know, have all those people that haven't seen each other in six months congregate together and, and, and the governor to say to us that we can only do business outside where our license really doesn't you know, allow us to, but they're gonna bend the rules, but they're gonna bend the rules in a way where we can only do a haircut. And if you're right-handed, you use your left hand. You know, it, it's, it's kind exactly. of that kind of rule. It, it, it's so silly that uh, you, know, you might as well just shut down and just, you know, take some time to reflect, take some time to reinvent, take some time to see what's around the corner as opposed to dwelling on, uh, you know, 10% of your business, which doesn't mean anything or doesn't pay the bills. I mean, is that not an option for you? Cause I've been to your salon and it doesn't seem like there's even an option to do haircuts and color outside. And then what about processing and all that? Yeah, well, we're, first off, we're not even allowed to do hair color. But let's say, okay. let's imagine in, in a perfect world mm -hmm. that we can do everything we can on the inside, outside. So imagine that world. So now I would have to spend probably five to $8,000 to make the two parking spots that I do have outside, mm -hmm. uh, like a restaurant with, with you know, planting, uh, maybe some AstroTurf, some lighting, some electrical, and, you know, to make it uh, welcoming to, to, for an experience. I mean, that's the other thing. We're, we're creating an experience, and what we're doing it now is, is what we're doing is we're making it like, uh, like we're washing dishes. You know, it's, it, it's, it's such the opposite experience of going into a salon that you'd have to spend a lot of money to get that experience, and then what? then we're going to experience another shutdown and spend all this money for, for, for zero reason. And some people don't even have that option. I mean, what about the salons that don't have that at all and don't have the resources because they already went through the resources? For me, sure, I could do it. Would it be some sweat? For sure. But are, is, that, is, is the client going to be more psychological prepared to do that and sweat? Are you going to pay $300 for your, for your hair? to have foils melting and on, on top of you? I don't think so. Wow. I mean, I don't think that that's at all what makes us, make, not at all will make it safer 
at all. I mean, on, on the contrary, I think it's going to make it more of a mess. I think doing it in the salon is the proper way to do it. You know, honestly, it's almost like one of those things, too, where the governor came in. It's kind of like you can tell this guy may not have any hairdresser friends. Clearly, he doesn't do hair. And it's just like to think that a hairdresser can now take their business and put it completely outside as like, here's my solve. Here's the solution for you guys. It's a bit exactly. insulting in a sense. It's, it's, no? it's, it's, it's so insulting because yeah. they're thinking, here's the way I look at it. I mean, and I know that every salon like is, is, does different types of business, but I'll be talking about mine. In my salon, we do high, high level women yeah. that are powerful, that are doing Zoom meetings, just like we're doing right now. And they're being judged by other coworkers, men, that if they see gray, they're gonna see them feel old or look old. And imagine what that does to, the, to, the, to that woman's um, insecurity, being on a Zoom call with gray hair right yeah. so so the governor the, the the mayor they don't they don't understand that this is not a necessarily a luxury this is the way we do business today and they forgot obviously that this is hollywood they are clearly forgot clearly clearly forgot that this this you know economy is about the beauty business the fashion business the movie business they clearly forgot all of that right yeah. so they're giving incentives to people that really are not bringing in the top dollars to the economy and that's a, a, a huge slap in the face you know for for california it's just ridiculous yeah. i saw something on instagram today that said in in the gist of this it was um, basically saying <clears throat> you know imagine if we were starbucks and you walked into starbucks but they weren't allowed to sell you coffee they were only allowed to sell you chocolate milk but you went, you went in to get a coffee. That's the equivalent of us working outside. Great point. You know, you can go outside and we can cut your hair dry. You know, we might be able to get it done, but is it going to be a luxury sort of experience that you would pay, you know, $150 for a haircut? I don't think so. Yeah. And to your point, Claudio, I saw another salon owner from San Francisco actually post something to the extent of he feels like, they're being thrown a bone, but that, that's not what anyone's asking for. They're asking for a solution. And yeah. there's not really a solution that's coming. And I think, no. uh, you know, I worked in San Francisco for years and especially in the city of San Francisco, outside's not an option. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. depending oh, on the sure, area, it's not Imagine even, in the city, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's just not even that safe to, to be on the street for an hour at a time <laughs> in some areas. Exactly. Um, and, and his salon's in a really nice area, but his thing is like he would need permit to, you know, he, it's a heavy, a heavily regulated area. And so it's, it's bigger ramifications than just saying, okay, just go outside and cut hair because right. there's all these other things now that, that we have to deal with in order to do that. It's not, it's not a simple solution. I mean, look, at, I mean, if, you know, you might as well be doing house calls. I mean, if you're gonna, if, if they're going to throw us outside, what's stopping hairdressers from just doing house calls? And 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 I'm yeah. Go ahead, Jessica. No, that's a good point. Is that what you may are Are you telling your employees that? Is that some of the? I mean, look at at this time because I think you know what, the reason why they, I feel they're throwing us a bone is because they don't really want to you know unemployment stopping at the end of July. 
I mean, you know, of course, so now they're throwing us a little bit of a bone because maybe they ran out of funds and they don't have another answer for us in order to subsidize us as we are basically shut down, right? So they're throwing us a bone that way they don't have to maybe pay us, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's going to hurt a lot of people. I mean, you know, if you don't have a savings, if you don't have, you know, um, uh, an, inc- an income stream where you're just starting. I mean, I feel bad for hairdressers that are just starting. I mean, I'm fortunate. I've been around for 30 plus years. That's all I'm going to say. But, you know, so I'm fortunate. I have a, a solid base that, you know, uh, that I can, I can go through this, you know. Uh, but some young hairdressers are, don't have that ability. They don't have it because I came from a school Uh, I had to assist for two years. Then I got on the floor and I had to prove myself through certain criterias. And then I can move forward. The downside of today where hairdressers came out of beauty school and then they became independent immediately is they don't understand that philosophy. Some, not all, I'm, I'm generalizing, so I shouldn't say that but some hairdressers are not equipped for this type of, um, you know, earthquake, right? Uh, and you have to go through a couple earthquakes. You know, I've been through, you know, the, the 94 earthquake with, with the war ending. That was a recession in Hollywood and yeah. in, in Los Angeles. The other one was the writer strike. That was a bigger blow than the recession, you know, uh, a much bigger blow. So if you have to look at that, that one, and then let's say they take the 08 recession. And so if you haven't gone through any of those things and, and really pulled back and analyzed your business, you know, this is a massive blow to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not taking it lightly because yes, you know, I may, may not lose my salon. Who knows if this goes on forever, you know, does it make sense? Yeah. You know, then do, when does somebody pull the plug? You know, uh, there's many questions to be asked, but for me, I just roll with it. What I'm trying to do today is I'm trying to figure out what is the client going to want in 2021, right? What do they want? What is this industry moving to? Where are we going? And how are we seeing our business in the future? Forget right now, these few months are just a few months, but we're talking about this has impacted the beauty business for a long, long time. Yeah. Up to probably five years, if not more. So you were just talking about the long-term effects that this is going to have on the beauty industry. And I, I, I totally think you're right. And so one of the things that I was kind of curious about is you're a very strategic business owner. Um, I've, I've had the, the uh, pleasure of being able to sit down with you for a while and really talk the ins and outs of your business at one point. And uh, so I'm curious of how this is changing your business planning because there's not, I mean, truthfully, I, I would be, how, how are you planning for this? And how are you trying to plan for, for uh, 2021 when there's still so much uncertainty about how long this is really going to last? Well, you know, you, you, you can dream. I'm a dreamer. So what happens is, and, and ha- most hairdressers are dreamers just like me Creative. and, yep. and yep. yes, exactly. And most hairdressers are chameleons. And mm-hmm. I want you to really think of that for a moment. I want you to understand that. And I want everybody to take this piece of advice is we're chameleons. We change. We're like actors. So we need to evolve. And this character that exists today 
is a different character that's going to exist tomorrow, right? That's the way you should look at it. And you have to reinvent yourself with different language and you have to understand what do clients really want? I can tell you right now that when we were open, my hours changed. I had more clients wanting to come in at 8 a.m. than I've had had in the last 10 years. Wow. Why? Because they feel that an 8 a.m. appointment is less risky than a 2 o'clock appointment. Wow. So now we have to, we have to listen. And listening to that means understanding how they feel safe in an environment. So now if we know that they want to come in early because they want to be the first one and they don't want to be exposed, let's say, which is in a salon, it's kind of, uh, it's just psychological. It's not the truth. The truth is really how we're doing it is one client at a time, you wipe everything down and you move to the next, almost like a high-end restaurant, right? If you're at a high-end restaurant and you're sitting at a table and you see a crumb on the table, you're going to judge them big time. And that's the new normal for us. If you're not clean in your station, if your salon isn't spotless, and I mean spotless, and I've seen a few salons on the news that you guys are not doing us justice, by the way, by having all this clutter all over, take everything down, wipe everything out, and pretend it's a brand new salon with very little equipment on your station. That's how you make clients feel safe, that they can see a sterile environment. You know, and that's what I've changed. I've always done it that way. As you guys know, you've been in my salons. They're always clean. I make every hairdresser put everything away every night, you know, so it becomes a new again. Just like I take the, the sort of approach of a high-end restaurant. I want it to feel like that every time. That's really great insight, actually. I love that. And it's true. And Michael and I have both worked behind the chair. So you're right. We are actors and we are chameleons. I just think that it's really tough um, for people to prepare when we really just don't know what to expect. Like you said earlier with the earthquake thing, it's like, okay, but we know that the earthquake is going to end and we know what we could sort of kind of expect with this. It's like, you know, I don't know if anyone's really truly prepared for it. And this is preparing a whole new generation of hairdressers really right, right. to get through these type of issues. I mean, when are we ever going to have to go through this again? It won't be in our lifetime again, you know? No, but I think we have to adjust ourselves to work with it. Yes. And I think that's the battle that people have. It's not, what's going to change tomorrow if the virus goes away? Nothing. You're still going to feel fear. So we have to learn how to live with this and the next one, if there is going to be a next one. So businesses are going to, change you know and and i want every hairdresser to take a look at apple uh big businesses big companies that are actually going that are actually working right now at a five-year plan that are thinking of 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 ways to to attract the next generation of clients through these type of epidemics or, or pandemics right and so how do we gain customers how do we move through that? How do we navigate? Right now, think about it. If a new client walked into a salon, people freak out because it's unknown. We're not supposed to do that. But how are we supposed to create a new, more revenue if we don't have that? So we have to reinvent the consultation for one. 
Okay. What are your, what's your insight on that? Like what's some advice you would give? How do we do that? Well, you, they could sign in. Maybe we have iPads outside the salon. Maybe we have a way that they can log in with a, with a QR code that they can put in their name, their request of what they're wanting to do and schedule a zoom with a hairdresser. Right. If, if it gets to that level, if it doesn't get to that level, then we need waiting areas and we need to allow for waiting areas, more open spaces. You know, you have to pretend I was talking to, you know, Robert Lavetta, a good friend of mine, which we always go back and forth on, on business and creativity. And he, he brought up a really good point, which is we were talking about the six foot rule, right? So, so now as, as salon owners, hairdressers, creative people, we have to think of the public everywhere you walk, you're basically like in a six by six glass house, right? So you're seeing the world through this glass six by six house. And so if you start thinking it like that, you're going to start adjusting to every rule possible because we have to own the fact that we have to live in a six by six glass house, right? So how do you translate that in business? in a salon, especially when it's a touchy feely business. Right. And, and that's something that I'm working on. I'm working on all those factors. This is new to me as well. It's, I don't have it figured out by any means, but I do know that it's got to change because what was isn't yeah. right. And by the way, if I may add this, that the salon business model that we've been doing for the last 10, 15 years, needs to change anyway. So to all the salon owners, to all hairdressers, let's reinvent it. Love it. Because it hasn't changed for so long and it's an opportunity. Now here's where I get positive. Sometimes there's a silver lining because now we could see a different type of business within our beauty industry. And that's really what I think we should all focus on is not why we can't do hair inside and while we have to do it outside is what does the next salon look like? Yeah. Right. And that's what we need to start looking at. Yeah. So I have some ideas on that. You know, I'll share them with you later because they're still, you know, <laughs> in the process, but you know, we'll figure that out. Yeah. And, and that's actually something Gus and I have talked pretty extensively about is we're seeing sort of new concepts of salons pop up kind of here and there and it's not something super widespread but we're just seeing and, and this was previous to COVID but we were already sort of seeing a shift in how things were being done because I, I think your point Claudia it is just time for a change I think that especially in California um, but even naturally in the U.S. like we're so sort of bent on like tradition or or doing things the way that they've always been done. And I think that one of the great things about not even the millennial generation, but I think especially the Gen Z generation is that they truly don't care about what was happening before. And it's like what was happening before is what got us where we are. And I think a lot of people can recognize where we are is not necessarily a great place to be. It's not. It isn't. 
and that's, that's a broad statement. That's about a lot of yeah. things. But I think that uh, we have a generation coming that is so open to change and so open to just doing things their own way that I look forward to what that ends up looking like because I think that it'll, I think that's the sort of like the, the change that we really need is this new generation yeah, coming. I agree. I agree with that. And I hope that this next generation hopefully creates a federation that's a good one. You know, because we need not not like a Teamsters Union or anything like that, of course, but like a, like a unified um, industry as opposed to a competitive industry, right? Totally agree. Because there's enough clients for everyone. I mean, in, in LA alone, let's take sushi for instance, right? There's a sushi bar basically every block. If, if you guys from the, yep. you know, from another state don't know that in LA, there's more sushi than there is probably coffee yeah. okay, yes. in Seattle. So yeah. it's outstanding the amount. But guess what? Every single one of them is busy. Yeah. So we have to stop uh, competing against each other and unite salons uh, the way I grew up in salons where, you know, these salon owners would speak out and, and join and, and work together to create a better industry. In saying that, you know, uh, we also make, need to make change to the uh, state guidelines of uh, our cosmetology. I mean, come on, those are running in 1950s. There yeah. has been zero change in that. So we need to uh, unite us to get to a current level because you're right, you guys. The reason why our governor and our mayor don't understand it is because they're talking to people in our cosmetology uh, world of that license us that have a zero clue on what beauty business is today. Yeah. They're so disconnected from it. It's true. I mean, yeah, but you know what? It's kind of interesting kind of just going back where you're right. Let's share the wealth in a sense. Like there are enough clients for everybody. I feel like education is actually going in that same direction where you know, before when you're behind the chair, you would keep your formulas near and dear to your heart because you didn't want your clients to go to somebody else. And now it's like the gift of social media, you're able to see different formulations, techniques, and, and there's just this, you know, everyone's sharing their knowledge, which is you're really absolutely right. cool. Yeah. And I think yeah. that needs to happen in the salon business as well. But you're right. It is true because mm -hmm. now you can, you know, uh, it's true. People are sharing formulas. People are sharing mm -hmm. information. Mm -hmm. And guess what? If you gave me the same formula that, you, that you're doing on your hair, I may take it, but I'll do it slightly different because I'm a different human being and we have a different DNA. So my creativity is slightly different than yours. And that's all there's to it. So, yeah. you know, there's no such thing as you're going to take my formula and make it exactly the same. That doesn't really, it doesn't matter because you have to take some of the other factors into play. So. Yeah. On the, yeah. the business end, because I totally agree with what you're saying, Claudio. I think so often we view each other uh, as competition rather than people who can lift each other up. And I, again, to reference San Francisco, there is actually in downtown San Francisco, a pretty big group of hairdressers. I don't know how, or excuse me, salon owners. Um, and I don't know how formal it is. Uh, but they all talk and communicate pretty frequently. And especially a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago, when all the California laws were changing dramatically and everyone really had to restructure their business and figure out what was going on. Uh, 
these salon owners got together and sort of figured it out and helped each other. And even, uh, it just made everything so much easier because they were willing to share information. They, it wasn't a competitive thing for them because even in this, you know, maybe five, six block radius that all these salon owners were getting together, there is still so much, you know, open business left that to grab that it just didn't matter to them. It was more important to them that they stay in business, that other people, you know, that they became friends, that their friends stay in business. Um, and there are salons that are across the street from each other where the owners will go out to lunch frequently. Right. Discuss things and kind of help each other out. And I loved working with that in that environment with them because it honestly made everything so much easier. Yeah, it does. If, if one salon owner, because, you know, I was a, somewhat of a resource in, in some things for them. And so if they were having trouble figuring something out that I couldn't help them with, it was like, oh, great. Well, this other person I know is having a lot of success with this. Just going to call them or visit them and they can help you out. Right. And I, I loved that environment that they were sort of fostering in, in downtown San Francisco. It, it, yeah. it was great. Yeah, and there's some good salons in San Francisco in that way that, you know, it's true. Uh, the, the big players can, can rally everybody and, and work together and, and be leaders at the same time as be teammates. Yeah. And that's the key. The key is that, you know, it doesn't matter how powerful you are. You, you want to share information without making someone feel like they're insignificant just because they run a slightly different business than you do yeah, right absolutely. and that's the key and that's i think that's what the problem with ego uh is in in our industry is that we get too much caught up in the ego and we forget the what what we are and what we do yeah. you know we're in a feel-good business period we try to make people feel good right we try to make people have an experience you know, as technical as you want to be, right, uh, in a haircut, you know, they don't just come for the haircut. They come yeah. for the experience. Totally. And, and, and I think that that can't go away. So it has to be, you know, that's why I refuse to do hair outside. I'm not doing it. Right. I'm not going to cheapen my skill just so I can make 10% of revenue. And, you know, I'd rather not. I'd rather do that if I'm going to do some charity work. But that's about it. I'm not doing it for business because that's not called a business. That's something totally different. I mean, one of the reasons why we loved having you as a guest and why we asked you to come on here is because you are—you have such a kind nature and your ego is always pushed to the side. I mean, I just, I love talking to you. It's so refreshing. <laughs> <You're very sweet. laughs> it's true. You are. You're so sweet. And like another thing on top of it is like education, mentorship. Like we know that that's who you are and that's what you're all about. And this year you're mentoring uh, the competitors for the beauty and vision awards for the editorial category. Yes. yes. So we're just like, want to know a little bit about that. So why do you feel that competition is so important? And do you feel like this will carry through year, year to year um, during this time competitions and pushing yourself and boundaries and all that? Listen, I, that's just who I am in nature. You know, what happens is I have a massive competitive side, right? Uh, but I've learned through being mentored by, you know, great people and outside the salon business that, you know, ego doesn't do anything for you except get in the way of success, right? 
And for me, you know, to the topic of mentoring or giving back or, and it's not really giving back because it's actually selfish. You know, when you mentor someone, if they're open to mentorship, then there's a give and take because like the, the people that are mentoring they're mentored, um, you know, if I give an, a piece of information or advice and they have an idea and, and I help them develop it, but if they're not pushing, then we can't develop it. So it's a push and pull that works well together. And, you know, I, 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 I thrive on that because it makes me a better hairdresser. So I'm always in search for what's next and not, uh, you know, I'm not in the, I'm in the present, but I'm not set on what was yesterday. You know, like I always say, when somebody asks me this question, what's your favorite, you know, thing you've done? And I always say the same response. It's the one I haven't done yet, mm-hmm. you know, because it, the thrill is gone. It's over. It's behind me, right? Mm-hmm. That high that I got from, you know, doing that delicate piece of work, it's done. Yeah. And, and I need to move on to the next project that's going to make it even better. And that's how I feel about competition. If you've never challenged yourself, I challenge you to challenge yourself you know, and, and, and move, get off, get off your, you know, daily routine because working in a salon tends to be a daily routine. Yeah. You know, sometimes we shut down and we're doing the same thing over and over again. And you have to ask yourself why, right? Why am I doing this? You know, it's like, uh, years ago I started, I, I created a challenge for some hairdressers and this was the challenge. I walked into one of my salons and I saw everyone working and I was coming back from a trip from actually a, 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 a Wella show that I did and I came back super energetic and when I walked in on a Saturday I saw that everyone was doing a ton of foiling work like a ton and I mean like highlights of a, like 50 100 foils right and and it was just a lot of conversation the salon is buzzing but then I realized wait a minute, this is just methodical and just over and over and over again. People are not, are not thinking. So I called a meeting and I put a challenge in and I said, okay, this is what we're doing. I'm going to give you 30 foils and I want you to do these mannequin heads and do a full, complete look with 30 foils. And they had to think about it. It was super cool. And they actually did it, right? Placement. So they actually started thinking of placement as opposed to just adding all these foils. So then I took it back and I said, all right, we're doing it with 25. Let's see if we can do it with 25 foils and see if you can get the same impact or better impact. So then that challenge started and then we figured out a way to do a full highlight or a highlight that you can see throughout the head with 25 foils. And that was created. So we started a whole new process, but it, it, it only took that we, you know, we get so much involved in one thing that we don't see outside of that, you know, and I'm a true believer in challenging yourself in that way where you, you move forward and you move to the side and, and, you know, create a paradigm shift for yourself. And I think that that's crucial. So competition, crucial, challenging yourself, crucial, because it's not in winning People think it's in winning. It's not. It's in the process. That's where you really learn. The process is everything. Yeah. The win is just cool. 
I won, but it's not in the win for me. So I, I think that story and uh, really kind of leads into one of the last things that we wanted to talk to you about. Um, you sort of radiate this just aura of positivity and encouragement. And um, some of the competitors that you're, you're mentoring right now uh, throughout the competition have actually been really down with, with everything going on. Um, we've actually heard firsthand that you've been really instrumental in helping lift some of them out of that. <laughs> so That's really uh, nice. How are you not only able to really like keep the energy within yourself, but like have so much of that, you're able to give that to not only one person, but really a group of people. I mean, you're talking about uh, people you employ. These are people that you're you're mentoring through a competition. Like, where does that where does that come from? How are you able to maintain that? So you know, it's it's not that I'm 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 a positive person all the time because I'm not. I'm I'm really not a positive person all the time. <laughs> you know. Um, I love to mentor. I love to inspire. That's that's where you know I, I I love to live there. So I strive to be there. It's it's much harder to smile than it is to frown, right? We all know that. It's much harder to be happy than it is to be sad. So that take, it's muscle memory. So you have to understand that that takes work. But in saying that, when I do get into my lows. I think about it like this. It's like, imagine that you're in this uh, pit of mud, like, like in Vietnam, let's say, right? In, in these, in these wow. pit of muds that, that you can't get out or, or, or you know, you're, you're up to your neck in, in, in something that's thick, like quicksand. But you know there's an out because you can actually walk, but it's just going to take you a while. You know, and that's my, my, what I put in my head all the time. I'm in a pile of, you know, poop in a sense, right? And I need to move forward. So I have to give into it first that I'm in it. You know, I have to give into all those feelings that make me feel awkward, weird, unsuccessful, sad, unhappy. I, I have to give into all of that first and why me and self-pity and all of that. But once I swallow it, then I got to move forward. And I know it's going to take me, let's say, a month, two months, but I know I have to move slowly through it. And at the end of the day, I'm going to get out of that tunnel. Because yeah. if you move forward and step forward, you will get out of that tunnel. And yeah. you will get out of that mud. And that's how I do it. Wow. So and that's something that I've carried for 25 years in my head because I saw something that brought that to my attention, whether it was a movie, whether it was something that went, wow, I resonate with that. And it stuck with me for 25 years. And so I use that analogy anytime I get into things like this. You bring it back to Nam. Yes, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> it, must be, it must be the Rambo movie I watched, right? It must have been Rambo. I love Rambo. Oh, but anyway, I mean, I know it's kind oh, of deep, good. but that's how I, you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta, you gotta accept your fate first. You know, you can't just go, oh my God, you oh. can't ignore it yeah. and wish, and wish it wasn't happening. No. Right. You can't wish it's not, it, this is not happening to me. It's happening. Yeah. So we have to go through it, you know, and, and going through it two ways. 
in a sort of depressed, uh, you know, woes me, or in a way that, oh, I got to figure out the answer. So let's figure out the answer instead yeah. of the other side. I know. think that's such a good point because I think often I'm, I skew negative. <laughs> I, I, I really, and I have to watch uh, that because uh, early in my 20s, like I really learned how to not manufacture positivity because I don't think that's any better to just say you're being positive. And right. Try, but like to your point of like, I, I've really learned to just say like, okay, you're in this, and you're feeling this way and you need to feel it. You right. need to just live in it for a second. And I, I give other people the same advice of like, you are going through it and you need to acknowledge it, but don't, don't buy a house there. Maybe exactly. just, you know, get a hotel room or whatever. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, and that space then, is for rent and rent yes, it for yes. a short time. Yeah, and yes. then find your way out of it. Right. Whereas right. where I used to really live it and like buy a house yeah. in it. And, and I yeah. think that's cool. where it's like, I've learned to sort of like recognize like, okay, this is what I'm feeling and it's okay to feel it. And then, how, okay, how do I get out of feeling like this? Right. And you have to give yourself a time frame like you did. But yeah. you do, like Zach, Michael, you have to honor it. And that's what yeah. you're doing. And you're honoring it. When you honor it, half of it goes away. Yeah. Because you've you know, honored it. You've given into it. That's the Buddhist mentality. You know that, right? Like that in Buddhism, that's what they teach you. I'll just Good. give you a little. Go little. for it. Do yeah, it. So do in it. I went, uh -huh. I went, my first trip outside of the U.S. was to Thailand and it was like a heat wave. It was like 110 degrees, something ridiculous. And my tour guide, his name was Chai. I'm like, Chai, I'm so hot. I don't even know what I'm <laughs> going to do with myself. I'm dying. And he's like, okay, did you feel how hot you are? And I'm like, yes. He's like, is there anything you can do about it? And I'm like, no. He's like, all right, we're feeling it. It's uncomfortable. We get it. There's nothing you can do about it. You have to move on. That's it. He's like, but if you can do something about it, you try to change it. If not, right. you have to accept it, acknowledge it, feel it. Exactly. And I you love know, that. And exactly what you just said, Jessica, yeah. is I think what people out of this Zoom should take away. You know, it's yeah. exactly that. We're in it. We can't change it. Whether we approve of certain decisions that were made or not, we have to just get past it. And how do we get past it? We unite. Yeah. But not complain. Because everybody can complain and everybody can rant and rave, right? I'm talking about how do we get past it? Meaning, what creative ideas do you have to bring to the table to get us to the next place? Yeah. Right? Because ranting and raving is two different things than action, you know? Yeah. Perfect. Um, Thank you for that. We are, we are running up on time. Uh, so there's a couple of things uh, that we want to do before we let you go. Okay. Um, we do end every moment with what we call a moment of beauty. Um, okay. so this is something that uh, is just sort of, you know, outside of beauty itself, uh, but just a moment to sort of recognize that beauty exists in a lot of different places. Um, we'll all just kind of take a minute or so and just uh, describe something. So, uh, my, my moment of beauty is actually an Instagram account that I found. Uh, I kind of stumbled upon it on TikTok, and then I figured out they had an Instagram account, and I spent more time on Instagram, honestly, than TikTok. But it's called uh, Gray and Mama. Mm -hmm. It's this, like, two-year-old from the Seattle area and his mom. Um, <laughs> and he went viral because she's really taught him that every time 
she gives him something to eat, he says, thank you, mama. He's just like the cutest kid in the world. He's obsessed with fire trucks, um, like obsessed with fire trucks. He pretends to be a fireman constantly. Um, I love kids anyway. And like, it's honestly something that if I'm having like a bad day or whatever, I'll just go and watch because they post so many stories. I'll just go and watch all of their stories. And it just like, they, I don't know, he, he's so cute. And uh, he seems yeah. like such a sweet kid. It's such a little ray of just frivolous fun. Right. All they really do is like, he just eats and pretends to be a fireman. That's I love that. I love that. Yeah. I so mean, how about you, Claudia? Well, I love what you said. I mean, I, what I love about what you said is that, you know, we all need to be kids, you know, and that brings out that childlike feeling in, in all of us that we want to play and have fun and see life in, right? And, you know, that's the beauty of life is to see it in, in, with different eyes. I wish I could take my glasses and put different lenses all the time, right? Because, you know, you know, to have those lenses of seeing things in a different way. Like I could put these on and I could see everyone being, you know, loving with each other. You know, I could see everyone being a child, right? But, um, you know, so I love what you said. For me, really, the, the, that of right now is actually in nature. Um, um, I see beauty in nature today more than I ever have for the reason that the skies are really blue because there's less traffic, because there's less movement. Yeah. So the stillness that I feel today is the beauty that I want to share because it's, there is some great things about this. And I think we need to start thinking about it. You know, it, it has slowed us down in a way to, you know, and I'm not talking business right now. I'm talking emotion, right? So let's, let's separate the two because I don't want people to think, uh, you know, to be confusing here. You know, this is an emotional point of view that, you know, the, the silver lining in, in COVID-19 is that we got to, to, to smell the roses in a way, that we got a better quality of air, that we, got, we get to, to go places faster than we did before. Um, you know, there's a, a certain peace that comes from it, you know, and I don't want you to take this and, and I hope it doesn't come off wrong to people that I don't care about certain topics that are in, in the public eye right now, because that's not it at all. This is an emotional point of view. And I think that we're all experiencing that. And I think we should sit there for a while because we may not get it again once we understand the learning curve from this. So now's the time to sit and watch your garden, listen to the water, you know, go to nature or whatever you want to do. And, you know, speaking of, I'm, I'm you know, take a road trip, you know, do something. Uh, and, that, and that's my beauty. That's my sense of beauty for today. You know? I mean, listen, I, my sense, my beauty, my moment of beauty is, I don't want to go on repeat, but that's what I was going to say nature i'm i'm a city girl i'm from new jersey <laughs> i know you are and i you love know it i'm a city girl i'm from new jersey i worked in manhattan the last 10 years before moving to la and i never thought i would go on a hike i haven't gone camping yet i don't know if that's for me but i go to the beach all the time i go on hikes by myself i have completely um opened up to that and getting a little dirty um and I appreciate that so much. So yeah, yeah. nature, being by the water, I'm at peace. Right. I didn't realize how much, yeah. And you know the other one 
Yeah. Hey, can I say one more? Of course. This, is, this is a good one for us hairdressers, all of us. We don't read enough. So yeah. this is this is something that I've actually picked up again, and it's like crazy that I forgot how to read, you know. That's and it's good. no, it isn't good because we're so visual that I, you know, that you pick up a book and you're like, what, what is this object I hold in my hand? What you is, know, what is, <laughs> what this, is paper? this? Is this paper, right? Yeah. Um, and you know that taking that moment and opening up a book is a great one. And one of my uh, colleagues from the salon. Uh, you know, he's a big reader and I took it from him. You know, he started reading and I'm like, oh, this is great. He reads all the time. He's in a club, book club. So oh, cool. um, it's super cool. So I, I encourage everyone to do that. You know, and now's the time because we have time. So okay. use it wisely. True. Yeah, absolutely. That's that. great. Well, thank you so much, Claudia. This was such a, a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Well, you guys are great. Michael, thank you. Yeah. Jessica, thank you. Thank yeah. you. For coming so on. If people want to learn more about you, uh, where where can they find you? Well, uh, Instagram is my like go to thing. It's it's Claudio Lazo or at Claudio Lazo. Uh, I I don't do anything else but that. And you know, I like to uh, share photos of my work. Uh, I do a lot of editorial work and 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 you know stuff like that. So mostly Instagram or you do photography as well. As, yes, I do. Yeah, I, I do. I'm a photographer. So I love it. I love yeah. it. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's something it's a passion of mine. I don't really promote it because I don't really, you know, I don't want to discredit, you know, photo real photographers from, from, you know, discredit them. I'm, I'm a true, true, true hairdresser, mm -hmm. but I'm a big time, lover of photography and i love fashion photography and some of it you can see on my instagram so it's uh it's been published quite a few times yeah. so it's, it's kind of cool you are kind of a big deal so thank you <laughs> for bringing i mean seriously you are Come you're on. huge in the industry love that we were able to talk to you you're awesome appreciate all your words of encouragement and wisdom um and your voice is very soothing sure everyone's gonna love this episode oh you're awesome <laughs> i appreciate you very much and i don't even know how to disconnect from this so you got to show me uh, yeah that's all right. all right well thank you so much for listening today if you like the podcast you can subscribe to us on youtube at wella education where you can find for the love of beauty on any major podcast platform we'd love if you rate review leave us a comment or just tell a friend tell someone to listen to this if you enjoyed it uh, thank you so much and we'll see everybody soon